0: So I grew up in a village in, in Saffrock League. And Safrock they speak a bit like that. But to be fair, most of my sort of country accent sounds just like the West Country Pirate. I realize that. So forgive me. But I grew up and harvest was one of the three top services of the year. You had Christmas that was big and lots of candles and all that stuff around Christmas. A big carol service. And Easter as well was pretty big. But to be fair, harvest was the one that everybody Focus from. We were a farming community. Um, My dad was the vicar in a big village, actually, relatively. We had about uh, 3,000 people in the village, so it's quite a large village. Um, And uh, harvest was the big thing. We had the competition for the biggest turnips, biggest carrots, biggest onions, biggest potatoes, everything. Harry, who only came to church three times in the year Christmas, Easter, and harvest, that was the only time he sang in the choir. He had the most appalling voice. I remember that from a kid. And one of the things he could do, which mesmerized me, he could wiggle his ears. That was my harvest moment. I'd always ask him, can you wiggle your ears, Harry? He's a grumpy old so and Didn't like my dad. But he was... <laughs> he was part of Harvest. Then there was the whole. Yeah, I mean, have you ever been to Harvest where the, you know they make you know they make the bread thing with the you know like the wheat sheaf thing, you know all that stuff, all that stuff. It was amazing. It was a sort of incredible time for us, real focus because it was the centre of everything. It was the production and being part of producing food and everything. And uh, ever since then, I've um, basically pretty much all of the time I've been a vicar. It's been a, 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 in towns, uh, and so you know whether it was from Romford. Right the way through to High Wycombe and then Portsmouth and then Poole uh, and then here uh, I've no, I've not really been in a, a village, so it's always been very different. It's always been a challenge, really, hasn't it, to connect with what Harvest is? But it is an amazingly important moment for us to stop and remind ourselves of all that we have. And of course, the Bible is packed with Harvest themes. It's packed with creation. It's packed with 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 a sort of wonder of what is around us. You know, very often they are drawn in in different ways. Because the fundamental truth, God as creator, is fundamental to the whole thing. Everything, of any worth, starts in Genesis. And if you want to deal with actually the big questions of life, what you do is you go back to Genesis. Because it forms the very basis of how we view so many things. And so I want to just pick up on four things uh, today uh, to to help us using a variety of different passages. So... um, I want us to start very briefly in Psalm 104. Do you enjoy that passage? Can you remember any of it? I thought I'd just re- 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 remind you of it, okay? So if it sort of washes over, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, it's great, it's great. Can you remember any of it? Okay. No, oh, yeah, yeah, I can, yeah. Right, okay, I won't quiz you, but there are a few things that popped up in there which are really amazing, just packed. If I was David Bellamy, do you remember him? Amazing things, whoa, and whoa, what in the middle, you know, all that, do you remember? You're old enough or young enough to know David, David. yeah, all right? So, you know, he got excited, didn't he, about everything that he was digging down right in the midst of everything. So if we dig out right in the midst of Psalm 104, we find some incredible things. You're mesmerized by impersonations today, I know. Right, Psalm 104. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, okay, but get, don't get too Pentecostal, but yeah, okay. So, Verse 10. I'm just going to romp through Psalm 104. Waters and ravines. Moving on to wild donkeys. Right through to... And they'll say, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember the wild donkeys. Yes. Right, okay. Eagles and their nests. Right through to cattle and the plants for food. Bread to sustain us. Cedars of Lebanon, storks, wild goats, Hyrex. Now, you didn't know what a Hyrex was, did you? I didn't know. I thought it was a thing, a white van that goes around, to somebody drives around, van, you know, van with a man, man with a van. It was a Hyrex. No, <laughs> no that is a Hyrex. Funny looking thing, eh? And, you know, there's some funny looking bits and bobs in creation, but. In this psalm, they honor creation, the hierarchs, And then it goes on to talk about the moon and the sun, darkness and light, lions roaring. Unbelievable stuff. Creation is glorious. Verse 31, which we didn't read, says, May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works And so we start that moment saying, what a beautiful thing creation is. We need to acknowledge that on a day like today. And yet, creation is acknowledged as well fundamentally in the way Jesus talks. Later on, Jesus used this parable of the sower in Mark 4. And of course, as you know the parable, it talks about the seed goes on the ground, but the ground is often hindered from producing What it's meant to produce, and so you have the variety of things there. That again, you begin to see there: drought causing plants to wither. You see the rocky ground uh, preventing the proper growth, and then you see the nutritious soil—the sort of soil that it's saying in the in the in the parable. The soil. You see, it's not the parable of the sower. I think it's the parable of the soils, because actually the soils are the crucial thing there, because the seed goes out anyway. But the challenge is the soil. What is the nature of our hearts? That's what Jesus is saying there. Have they become disentangled? Have they become dry? Or are they soft and nutritious? Do you remember a few weeks ago when John Coles was speaking? and He talked about the, the, you know, the water going in. There's a sense of challenge there, isn't there, for us? But we see that in creation. Jesus talked in, very often, as we know, agricultural creation terms. And if we want to learn things... Uh, many of you have recognized this and said this to me. One of the things, just need to go for a walk sometimes, don't you? And you catch something again of who is this God? Who is this incredible person who's created such beautiful things? Even in Proverbs, it says, go to the ants. Little ants, you know. And consider its ways. We can see God has put, as it says in Romans 1, it says he has put in creation all that is needed to understand who he is. That's why you hear about people often in in the most far-flung places when missionaries turn up and share about Jesus. They say, oh, we've seen the work of God in creation already. and It's like it it, it just clicks for them. But the challenge, of course, is even though we are called to uh, steward this incredible planet, things have gone horribly wrong. Things have gone horribly wrong. They weren't actually horribly wrong before, um, you know... uh, Thunberg and others came on the scene. We've been damaging our world ever since the beginning of time. For that moment in, in Genesis 3, where we decided to do our own things, if you like, creation began to fall to bits. But also our, our stewarding of it has increasingly become more challenged. In Romans 8, it says that creation was subject to frustration. It's groaning. And you know what? I found myself, as I've looked at this... Um, uh, and still, uh, it's almost like woken me up a bit more. You know, sometimes we can tend to part all this sort of climate discussion stuff to someone else. Or it's not for me, or it's all going to go anyway. So what's the point? But actually, the challenge is, actually, this is about something very much on the heart of God, I believe. Something of of justice. And in Romans here, uh, he brings this out. And looking at it afresh, this climate change thing has really Challenge me. You know what climate change is? Climate change is basically um, that the, uh, the, the, the temperature of the world is changing and getting hotter, and therefore the effects of it, as we know, are shifting weather patterns. Uh, yesterday, I went to a wedding down in Dorset, got back very late last night uh, from someone I've known since he was a little baby. And now he's 23 and he's got married. Uh, and I uh, used to, uh, the son of my former kids' worker down in, in Dorset, and I saw him as a little baby. Doing, it, doing a speech at his own wedding. But the thing was, on Friday, uh, Dorset got absolutely battered with a completely weird weather pattern out of nowhere. And then the next day, it was really nice today, yesterday. But increasingly, we're seeing, aren't we, that sort of thing has happened. The floods in the last few weeks, uh, we've got the hurricanes in, in Florida. We see the weather pattern. Look at our summer. You know, we'll have to go back to 76 to get equivalence. Things are shifting. You know, I don't know whether you ever heard this lady called Eunice Newton Foote. In 1856, she was the first to discover greenhouse gases and um, uh, the changing of the Earth's temperature. And then, of course, since then, things have gradually got warmer and warmer and warmer. Look at this. This is the Met Office's analysis of the temperature of the world from 1850 right up to 2019. So, you can see the heat map there. That's a heat map, all right, of how things have got warmer. Quite a contrast, isn't it? There's been some incredibly cold patches in there, but then the heat that has occurred really in the last 60, 70 years in particular. And as we know, the difference as well is not just about our own survival or the effect of the world. You know, the impact I want to focus in on is the effect on poverty. The effect on poverty. We can talk about other people's lives, we can talk about floods and sea defences. The bottom line is, is that just with a chi- slightly change of degree, from 1.5 to 2 is devastating. Drought becomes twice as likely in any community. 116 million more people struggle to get water purely because of a change in temperature. Four times as many tropical cyclones will happen as a result of a shift in a degree. 12 million more people will be flooded in coastal areas. It's a justice issue and we need to be concerned about it. And the poorest 3.5 billion people, I I was shocked by this, they are, so 3.5 billion people, so the the majority are responsible for just 10% of emissions, but they are the most affected by the effects of climate change of the other 90%, which is from us, effectively. In real terms. And we see the effects of this in lots of ways, but you know what again? The greatest effect is on poverty. I want to show you a picture of someone here. Uh, and her name is Obisa. Uh, she's a mother in her 30s. She lives in the uh, Afar region of Ethiopia. And a few years ago, Obisa could rely on the rains. Now, because of the changing climate, they are less predictable. So she walks up to 10 hours a day, every day, to find water for her family to drink. Her livelihood depends on selling livestock, but drought has killed 9 of her 10 cows. She's lost nearly half her goats too. Let's pause for a second. The stark reality is that Orbisa is paying the price for emissions, which have mostly been generated by countries like ours. This is what she said... To tier fund. We used to get rain every four to five months. The area was very fertile and green, but it hasn't rained for six months, and I don't know when it will rain next. I feel worried whenever I think about the future. This is the reality. World hunger, for the first time, actually has started to re increase again, having gone down quite. It was mentioned in the video earlier, and so the challenge needs to be. Uh, that we shift. You see, I was really challenged about this. We are here by giving our fruit and, you know, uh, pasta, whatever. We are making a difference in the life of our neighbors. You know, Food Bank does that. You know, the number of families has increased now in the last couple of weeks, literally. So we're making a difference with our neighbors. But what about our neighbors over there? The neighbors we don't know, the people, the obese of this world, who I'll never meet, but actually will be what is the difference there what is the calling and our calling is that God is challenging us I believe to make a difference not just here and I like the fact we call you know we want to see the transformation of Barnet and beyond and that's not just here but that is into the world so how do we feel about this I don't know about you if you hear that stuff what do you feel I often feel guilt <laughs> I feel like a bit of shame Often it's like guilt. What can I do about it? And, and then we feel paralyzed, don't we? Uh, and, and, and we mustn't come under those things. Guilt and shame are not, not of Jesus. We're not called to be that. We're free from that. But it does challenge us to make us think about our neighbors. It does challenge to make us a think about these justice issues, doesn't it? Um, there is hope. And the, the, the primary hope as well is, in a, in a, in a, in a cosmic sense, is this. In Colossians 1 it says this, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. So everything is bound up at Jesus. Therefore, everything's been created through Jesus. But also everything that can be found and can be discovered and and, and reconciled and restored is through him. Through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross to reconcile all things. I think that's a great hope because it's saying, yes, individually, we can be reconciled. If we're away from God, if we don't know who God is, Jesus says, I can reconcile you to myself. If you come and trust in me, ask me into your life, I will come and restore relationship with God. But when it says all things, I think that's the promise that one day all things will be restored. And we have to believe, you know, just like even the the breakthroughs that have happened where there's been uh, restoration and less people in hunger, we actually ultimately believe that God will restore things altogether. So all things are responded in heaven and on earth. And the restoration of the world to know how God intended to be. Jesus valued and values creation. You know why? Because it reveals. The Father. There's something amazing about the provision of God that we see reflected in creation, reuniting everything back to Him. And so He invites us, though. This is the crazy thing. Sometimes you think, well, why doesn't God do something about it? Well, He has, because He's invited us to be part of His adventure, hasn't He? He's been invited for some crazy reason. He asks us, weak, vulnerable, guilt ridden, sometimes people to 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 be part of drawing people to himself there's no other plan he gave it to his church actually and he said but he also gave us the challenge to be part of bringing restoration of maybe uh, speaking into the situations into government, speaking into those, those, those things around us, to be influencers for those things. That's why tier Fund are not just involved with, with, with you know actually less and less so, just sending money out willy-nilly. They're actually involved very often on the ground in different ways, uh, trying to create projects to, uh, to, to, if you like, release and empower those people in local areas, but also to, to lobby government and petition government and to see change. Because the final challenge really is, we have an invitation to respond. This is not a side issue. And um, you know, um, there's an amazing lady in the Bible. You know Esther, and there's a moment when the whole of Israel is basically they're in exile and they they could could potentially be wiped out. And there's this moment where Esther has to stand up for what she knows is true. And there's a phrase for such a time as this. And I think this is a time when we have an opportunity to begin to make a difference. And how do we do that as a church? Now, one thing is, as I say, we're looking to set up a thing called Creation Care. And initially, what it's going to be, very simply, is a little, um, and we will send out details about this, a little WhatsApp group, all right, called Creation Care, which uh, Abby's going to oversee. And it's going to be a group where... Um, we're going to send out something once a week. Just little things, little things you can pray for, uh, little ideas about ways that you can make maybe um, make a difference. You know, on a on a on a regular basis. Um, it won't be one where you can write what you think about things. You know, those sorts of WhatsApp groups. If you're on them, they are just so annoying quite often, where people just pitch in about this and that. You think, I don't want to hear what they have to think. It's going to be one of the ones where just purely, Abby will put something out once a week just to remind us. And you, you, no, we're not forcing any of you to do it, but we will give details so you can join that WhatsApp group. And it will just have little things uh, 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 that are going on. Um, but beyond that, I just want to say, firstly, let's be praying. You know, Tier Fund have lots of pointers for prayer. There's some little um, leaflets at the back. Um, and number one, they talk about prayer. Uh, you know, Join our growing community, praying for the climate crisis. And there's little ideas in that if you want to pray. But secondly, actually, on this, these cards are also about a petition. I mean, do you remember almost a year ago, Glasgow COP26, it was called? I never understood why it was 26 in 2021. But anyhow, it was COP26, 26th meeting. And a, a, pretty much all the main leaders said that they would commit, if you hear it, a hundred billion pounds to developing countries to, uh, to enable them, to help them to face up to some of the climate changes. None of that, as yet, has gone out at all. In fact, pretty much all of it, I think, went on our heating. I mean, that's a challenge, isn't it? There we are, we stop and we go, 100 billion. I think that's covered the next two years of my heating bills, or made a contribution. And yet, yes, I'm not saying we all huddle up and cuddle up, and that's not an issue. But actually, when you think about that, for one country, who do that all the countries committed to that and we've not fulfilled it so this card here has just got um, you can write the name down on it and we can send it in to them it doesn't commit you to anything apart from the fact you will send this p- petition with a whole load of others uh, from tier fund um, and there's a pile on the uh, the table near the door uh, and that we will send that in and it will go to whichever prime minister is in place <laughs> we don't know how long this one's going to last but anyhow the point is, whichever one is in, in the next few weeks, um, we will send it in and we will seek to make um, a little bit of a difference. You know, it seems small, but you know what? We need to be people who are, if you like, petitioning, uh, challenging. Um, I'm meeting this week with the local councillor. I'm going to bring this up. I'm going to say, okay, in Barnet, um, what are we uh, going to do about this? Um, you know, these are questions where we can make a difference. And thirdly, really, it's plan. And I think these are the challenges on a day to day level, which I'm being challenged about myself. You know, day to day issues, our travel plans, um, our water usage, energy usage, diet, and meat, and all that stuff. I always struggle slightly with these things because if I was to go into a whole list of things you shouldn't do, we go, ooh. It's a bit like, you know, I do like a burger from time to time. We always tend to think, you know, I do like, and we tend to think, don't we? And then we drop into it and then we do nothing about it. So I'm not going to come out with a list of things that we ought to do. We all know what they might be. But I do think that actually God is challenging me about my use of stuff. Because even in a small way, it can have an influence uh, in different ways. So pray, petition, plan and one of the things is we're looking to employ a consultant hopefully who is going to look for us as a church what does it mean to be a a net zero church and work that one out and ultimately I've got to say at some point we need to look at our for example things like our heating Uh, we currently use gas not very popular but we need to work through what does that mean I thought a giant wind turbine would be great in my garden, no, whatever you know the point is is that we have to think creatively don 't we? We have to think in fresh ways, so as a church, we are committing ourselves to something on that look we 're not going all you know weird and green and eco if you 're getting worried about that, but I do think this is a key issue isn 't it? It really is, and I think it 's a justice issue I think it 's a god issue, I think it 's a, a Bible issue that this Beautiful creation we are called to steward and look after. So let's just pray for a moment. So many things buzzing around in our minds. We've probably all got different views on this. The bottom line is is that God has created something so beautiful. And yet it's become so spoiled. And much of it can be laid at the feet of ourselves and countries like ourselves. And we are so sorry, Lord God. Father God, we thank you that you are a God of justice. First, I want to say thank you that you know Orbisa at this moment in Ethiopia. You know her family. I pray you'd be so close to her today. Draw near to her by your Holy Spirit. And there's so many others that are affected by the climate issues around. And we're sorry that we've damaged your creation. Help us make changes in our own lives to love our global neighbours well. Holy Spirit, stir our hearts and stir the hearts of our government. Guide them in their decision-making. Inspire them to protect the most vulnerable. Thank you, Lord God. In your name we pray. Amen.